0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, family, won't you stand with me wherever you are, in your homes, in your lounge, wherever you are viewing this message from, won't you stand, we're gonna pray this evening. And uh, But as we start, I wanna take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the great privilege of being allowed to minister to you in your homes, Praise the Lord. So let's pray, family. Won't you bow your heads with me this afternoon? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, that you are with us. In a time that we are facing, we know, Lord God, that you are our waymaker. You are the one who takes care of us and provides for us. And as we spend time in your Word this afternoon, we ask, Lord God, that your Word would touch every heart, that it would really encourage your people, bless them help them and give them direction for what we need to do as the family of believers. And in advance, I want to give you all well all the praise, the honour and glory for everything that shall be accomplished by your word this evening. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, just quickly give one of your family members a high five there. Have you got your Bibles ready? You got your notepads? Praise the Lord. We're going to get straight into the Word. Well, family, today I want to speak to you about the subject of of the God of miracles, the God of miracles, amen? And not just asking for a miracle, we're going to do that, we're going to trust God for that. You see, family, God has a recipe for miracles. He has not lost that recipe, aren't you excited about that? And so we thank Him that He is still today, the God of miracles. You know, as we read through the Bible, we see that this book is a book full of miracles, And those miracles were so needed. You see, family, in those stories that we read, we find many hopeless situations. We see some real tough circumstances that people found themselves in and a lot of trials and trauma that happened in the Scriptures. But this is the great thing. Every single time we see God come alongside mankind and He comes and brings in His super into that natural and He gives those people the miracle that they so needed at that time. I love the Bible. You see, this book is a book of all types of miracles. It talks about big miracles. It talks about small miracles. There are medium miracles. There are even extra large miracles that God performs. And the wonderful thing is, is that we don't look back at this book to see what God did, but we are excited because we know He still does it today. He's still doing it. Amen. And in this time, we need it in our world today. We need it in our own lives right now with all that we are facing. So family, are you ready to talk about He is still the God of miracles? Amen. And so as we read, we're going to read out of the book of Luke chapter 5. And this account is an account of a leper who met Jesus. And I believe it is so apt for what we are facing at the moment. So grab your Bibles. We're going to turn to Luke chapter five and I'm going to read for you between verses 12 and 15. And I want to read this to you from the Passion Translation. So here we go. Verse 12 says, one day while Jesus was ministering in a certain city, he came upon a man covered with leprous sores. That's so important. He came upon a man covered Now, I want to just put a pause on the story right now for us to understand that when a person had leprosy, it was a tough situation. It wasn't a situation that anybody wanted to be in. In fact, it was really bad news when you were diagnosed with the fact that you'd been tested positive for leprosy. If you got that, that was not good news. It was an incurable disease during those times and very highly contagious. Nobody wanted to be around you. It was a physical problem. It was also a spiritual problem because in those times, you were considered an outcast and nobody wanted to have anything to do with you. That's not a great situation to be in, amen? It was also a social problem. In fact, the leper was the original physical distancing quarantined person. Isn't that amazing? Just like many of us are facing that today, That's what those lepers faced back then. Now we see that lepers back then, when they were quarantined, they were only allowed to be among other lepers. And we see this throughout the different accounts that we read in the Bible. But the wonderful thing we learn from Scripture is that Jesus healed lepers more than once, amen? He did it more than once. And He has a love for people who find themselves in challenging situations. It kind of draws Him, doesn't it? Now, leprosy was a social distancing situation. If anybody had it, they had to move away from their family and friends. They weren't allowed to be around them. There was no more fun in their life. In fact, they really didn't have a life. They were banished from society, banished from being around those who really cared for them. So it was almost like that person just dropped out of life. It's almost like they just disappeared. Now, if you wanted to go out as a leper into a public place, there were two things that were a challenge. Number one, you could possibly be stoned if you were caught walking around. And if you did choose to go out, you had to make an announcement wherever you went. You had to say the words, unclean, unclean, as you walked wherever you went. So if you can imagine a leper walking into the marketplace, going into the city square, wherever they went, they'd have to shout out, unclean, unclean, as they walked. Think about that for a moment. Can you imagine the stigma? Everybody looking at you, looking at the situation that you find yourself in as you're walking through the city square. It must be really, really terrible to be in that situation. But you see, family, it's into this condition that Jesus steps. And he, he meets the people in that condition. He meets the leper in that condition. And the Bible says that Jesus Came upon a man covered with leprous sores. So this wasn't just the beginning stages where he wasn't recognized. Jesus knew, hey, this man is covered in sores. He wasn't just wandering, walking up to a person, thinking about their condition. He knew this man was covered in sores. So we continue to read in verse 12, and it says this: when the man recognized Jesus, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and begged to be healed, saying, If you are only willing, you could completely heal me. I mean, I love that. Are you willing? Not only are you willing, but will you heal me? I mean, that's a question. You see, it's one thing to know that God has the power to do something. But it's another thing to know, are you willing? People battle with that. They have the struggle in their heart. God, I know you can. I know you have the power to do this. But will you? But will you? You see, in my pain, in my situation, the way that I'm possibly feeling, that leper must have thought, I know you can, but will you? But look at what happens from verse 13. Look at this. It says, Jesus reached out and touched him. Now that word touched is very important. It's not just a small touch. If you study it and you look it up in the original writings, it says that he embraced the man. Think about that. A man that was pushed away. A man that was banished. Jesus didn't just touch him from a distance. He embraced him. And Jesus said this, of course I'm willing to heal you. And now you will be healed. Instantly, the leprous sores were healed and his skin became smooth. Isn't that awesome, family? I believe right now that Jesus has the power to smooth out whatever challenge you're facing, just like he did for that man with the leprous sores. We go on and read the following. Jesus said, Tell no one what has happened, but go to the priest and show him you've been healed. And to show that you are purified, listen to this, make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded, you will become a living testimony to them. Now, family, that is so awesome. Yeah, Jesus says to the man, you've been healed, show yourself, but over and above that, give an offering. You see, family, generosity follows being thankful for a miracle. You know, when Jesus has done something for us, when he's touched and changed our lives, we wanna do something for others to show them how grateful we are. And it was amazing that Jesus said that to that man. Be a testimony. Show that you're generous. Because I've been good to you. And he's good to us, amen. And then it goes on and says this in verse 15. After this miracle, the news about Jesus spread even further. Massive crowds continually gathered to hear him speak and to be healed from the illness. Praise the Lord. God is so good. He is the healer, amen. And you know, this reminds me of a story going back probably 25 years ago. My wife and I were very young and new in ministry. And uh, we were responsible, obviously, for an area that we were looking after as pastors. And we were visiting one of our small groups one of the evenings. And we went into that small group. And it was a wonderful time of just worshipping the Lord and spending time with one another. And there came an opportunity for us to pray for each other and to encourage one another. And there was this family relatively new there in the group. And they had a very young child with them. And they came forward to us and they said, would you pray for our child? So I said, yeah, sure, we'll pray for them. Then they said, well, let me tell you first about her. And they mentioned to us that this young child, they had they'd found out that this young baby girl had um, HIV AIDS. Wow, what a bad news to get as parents that she had got HIV AIDS. And they told us that she got this through a blood transfusion. Now, you must understand, 25 years ago, People didn't understand much about the subject. People were always avoiding people if they heard they had it. They didn't want to touch them. They didn't want to come near them. So in this family's life, they felt pretty much like the leper who had been banished because people didn't want to interact with them. And so we just said, no problem. And we, we, they brought the little girl to us. We play, placed our hands upon her. We prayed for her. And uh, obviously the meeting came to an end that night, and off we went. It was about 10 days to two weeks later where the leader of the group got hold of us again and said, I want to give you some news. That family, that little girl that you prayed for, they went to see the doctor again. And the doctor said, we cannot find any trace of HIV AIDS. Isn't that awesome, family? God is so awesome. He touched and changed the life for somebody who had no hope. And I love every miracle of Jesus. Every one of them is so unique, yet they have something in common. Every miracle, although they're different and unique, they have something in common. And the common thing that every miracle has, and I want you to know this, it's a need. It's a need. There has to be a need for a miracle to be needed. Amen? So the miracle is brought on by the need that people have. And here's the big idea around this. Listen to this. This is the big idea. The prerequisite of a miracle is an impossible situation. The prerequisite of a miracle is an impossible situation. Are you facing an impossible situation? There's a miracle ready for you if you're facing that right now. You see, you may have a problem or a dilemma or an issue or a hurt right now. You might be facing those things. But family, when you look at the life of Jesus, those dilemmas, those issues, those hurts, the problems that people faced, they were like magnets that drew him. You know, Jesus never turned away when you he heard there was a problem. He never ran in an opposite direction. He was drawn to people who seemed to have those problems. And when we look at that, we can really be so encouraged to know that Jesus is not turning away from you or whatever you're facing right now. In fact, it's the need that makes us a candidate. The need makes you and I a candidate. It's the need, the lack, the issue What we are facing even today with this virus, the challenges of our jobs, the situation of perhaps our families, even the uncertainty of our future, it's those needs that nominate you and I for the supernatural. It nominates us. It nominates us for the supernatural of God. You know that word nominate? I like that word nominate. Have you ever been nominated for something? I'm not sure if you have. Let's just say your name is Jill or Bob or Tabu. Can you imagine being nominated? If you've been nominated, somebody else nominates you for something that they believe you are right for. That's why they nominate you. So they might say, I want to nominate Bob today for X, Y, or Z. Or I'm going to nominate Tabu for whatever the situation is. It's a wonderful thing to be nominated, right? Doesn't it make you feel great when somebody nominates you? When they say, I believe you're the right person for this, let's put so-and-so forward. Well, family, I love that word nominate. You see, nomination means that you're the right person for this. I want to encourage you today. Can I speak to your heart? Will you allow me to speak to your fear? Can I speak to something Your life, perhaps you're feeling panicky at the moment. Can I say something to the negative that may be getting into your mind right now? I want to nominate you today for a miracle. No matter what you are going through, no matter the impossible situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the things that you are navigating right now through this changed life, I nominate you for a miracle. I nominate you today for the God of miracles. And let me tell you something, family. Heaven seconds it. And all of you in favor say I. Amen. Do you believe it? I believe it. I nominate you right now for a miracle. I love that word miracle. You know, so many people don't fully understand the word miracle. It's sometimes so misused in our world today. For example, if someone is playing, watching a sports game, and I know many of us are missing that right now, but if you can imagine a team that's really getting defeated, and they come back and they win, they say something like, wow, that was a miracle how that team won that game. Or we say things like when we're baking an amazing cake or, or making an amazing dish, we say something like, well, that's a miracle in the making. Or even for a person that's, that gets their job in just on time, or if you're a student and you get your project in just in time, you say, wow, it was a miracle that I got that thing in time. And for the ladies, they often say things like this, oh, my hairdresser is a miracle worker. Sometimes they, they say things like that. And you may have even heard of this. There's a sandwich spread called miracle whip. Can you believe it? Think about those things. But family, that's not what we are talking about. Amen. We are not talking about those things. We are talking about the God of miracles. We are talking about the God who can turn any situation around. And I like this simple definition of a miracle. This definition, listen to this. A miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention into human affairs. Let me say that to you again. A miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention into human affairs. Isn't that amazing? Divine intervention. So in short, what does that mean? Divine intervention. Well, family, it means this. It's what we need. What we are believing God for. What we are praying for. Praying for our country. Praying for all of us. It's where God intervenes. Where God intervenes in our lives. Where God shows up. It's where His power collides with our reality. Where God's power comes in and meets you at your point of need, that's what it is. Sometimes it can be a small thing or a big thing or a medium thing. It can even be a large situation. But you know this family, God touches and He meets you and I right where we are right now. It's like a drop of heaven into our current reality. And we need that, don't we? We need that drop of heaven in our current reality. We need it today. We we need to make sure that our mind, family, is on the God of miracles, not on everything around us. We know and we understand there's pain. I understand there's hurt. I understand there's people going through a lot of difficult times. But I know for me, I want my mind, my soul, my spirit on the fact That he is the God of miracles. I want to focus on those things right now. I want to be there. That my God is going to intervene in my life. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't even know what it's going to look like, family. But I know this. He has not lost the recipe of a miracle. I want to encourage you. I want to give you three things about this amazing miracle that you read about in Luke chapter 5. You know, it's a very powerful miracle that we read about, and all of them are, that took place. And you know, in the New Testament, there are over 80 different miracles that Jesus performed. Think about that. But when we read this one in Luke chapter five, it's a special one, because you see, this is an intimate miracle. It gives us instruction as Jesus does this miracle for this isolated, separated, untouchable, quarantined man. Jesus gives him a miracle. And family, he's going to do the same for you. He can and will still do it today. So here's three things that we can learn from what Jesus did. I believe it applies to you and I right now who feel perhaps isolated. Perhaps you feel separated right now. Perhaps you feel that, wow, man, this is a difficult time for me. And I know for many people that being in isolation is difficult. It's harder for some than it is for others, and I understand that. So family, here's the first thing I want you to know about Jesus Who's the miracle worker? Number one, Jesus is a noticer. He is a noticer. We see it right here in the story. Jesus knows what's going on. You know that he knows what's going on right now with you. All the uniqueness that you are facing. The one thing in common is we all have a need right now. We have it, you have it, I have it, we all have a need right now. And Jesus knows that, family. He knows that you need that. He is fully aware of your souls, perhaps your shame, your suffering, the struggle that what you're going through right now, just like the leper was, Jesus knows. He's fully aware of what's happening, and he is the great noticer because he knows you and me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says this God made him, that's Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Think about that for a moment. Jesus knew from the foundation of the earth that we needed a savior. He knows us intimately so well to know that we needed him for this. And he comes in and he does this for you and I so that we can have a relationship with our father. How awesome is that? He knows you. You see, in fact, he notices because he knows us in every way, 100%. He knows you and he knows what you are going through. He knows family, what you and your family are facing. He knows that. So he is a noticer. The second thing that Jesus is, he is a reacher. He is a reacher. I like that. He reaches. He reaches through the physical distancing. He reaches to the leper who felt so unloved, who felt so unseen, who felt so unimportant, so unapproachable. He felt invisible. He reached to that person who even felt forgotten. And what Jesus did is He said, No, 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 friend. I know you. I see you. And He reached. And I want to encourage you right now, family, that you're not invisible, you're not forgotten. He will pick you out of the crowd out of this crowd of humanity, He will reach to you. He will reach you because He knows you and He reaches you and your family. He reaches into your home or into wherever you find yourself right now. Whatever situation you find yourself in, our Jesus is a reaching Savior. He's a reaching Savior. You see, family, you are never too sick. You are never too contagious. Never too unclean. You are never too out of reach. He is a reacher, and that's his heart. And I want you to know that that's the heart of this church. That's the heart of our pastors. We are reaching out to you. We do it through our teams that go out every day and make a difference. We do it through our pastors and staff that are here to encourage you and help you. We're doing it right now, reaching into your homes through this message and through all our different social media platforms. We want to reach you. We care for you, family, and we have for you. I want you to know that. You see, Jesus is a noticer, and he is a reacher. He will reach you at your point of need. He will reach you at the point of perhaps your anxiety, or even at the point of your worry. He will reach you. Maybe you don't have a job right now, or you don't even know what's going to happen with your finances, or you don't even know what's going to happen in the future. Perhaps you find yourself there. Family, he's a noticer. He's a reacher. He's here for us, and he will never forsake us. And My third point I want you to know is in fact that he is a reacher, he's a noticer, but Jesus is the healer. He's the healer, amen. He is our healing Jesus. And I pray this all the time. Every day when I pray, I say these words. I say, thank you, Jesus, that you're my healer. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the healer of my family that you're the healer of my friends. I pray that even over this church, I say, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're the healer of of Christian family church and its members. We pray that. And you know, family, we need to pray that healing over everyone, perhaps who's fighting sickness. We need to pray healing over every marriage. We need to pray healing over our nation, over our cities. We need to pray healing over the hurting, over the homeless, healing over every single person who needs healing right now. We need to do that. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need it from fear or hurting or, or panic. Or Maybe there's just some difficult things you're facing right now and you need it. He's a healing Jesus, friend. He reached out and touched the leper. And the leper said, can you heal me? Family, not only can he, but he's willing. And I want you to believe that today, right now, for your life and in your situation. Not only can he, but he's willing to do that. You see, the fascinating thing about the story is that when Jesus went and He touched that leper, the leprosy didn't get onto Jesus, but the healing got onto the leper, isn't that amazing? And Jesus can do it. I wanna encourage you this evening. I wanna say this, bring your problem, bring your need, bring the dilemma that you're facing, bring your lack, your hurt, your sickness, bring this pandemic, family, bring it all. He will help us. He will give us hope because He's a healing Jesus. Look at me, wherever you are right now, look at me. Look into your screen, look into your phone, however you're watching this message, look at me. Friend, I nominate you. I nominate you today for the God of miracles. I nominate you for a miracle. No matter what you're facing, if you're facing lack, whatever your need is, if it seems impossible, I nominate you for the God of miracles, and heaven seconds it, and all of you in favor say aye and the healing of Jesus is yours. Now, friend, I want to pray for you. Will you allow me to do that? will not you stand up once again for me, wherever you are? And perhaps you are facing a, a physical challenge in your body. If it's that, why don't you place your hand wherever that is? Now I want to pray for you. If it's a financial concern, a family concern, or if you're a business owner and you have a concern for that, whatever it is, I want to pray for you. You know, friend, there's no time or distance in prayer. Jesus is the healer today as He was then. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew, the gospel, it says, if any two agree concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by our Father in heaven. And He's going to do that for you today. Are you ready? Stretch out your hands. I want to pray for you wherever you are today. Let me pray for you. Precious, wonderful Father, I bring to you every person that has a challenge, a need, a hurt, a pain, any uncertainty, whatever it might be, I bring them to you today. And I add my faith with them right now. And Lord, I ask you please to come into that situation, come into their life and turn it around. You are the healer, you're the noticer, you're the reacher and you're the healer. I know Lord God, that you still have the recipe for a miracle. And I pray right now for every situation to turn around. Thank you for peace in the homes. Thank you for health in everybody. Thank you for provision for every life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, friends, you may be seated wherever you are. And you know, for me, the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. And if you will allow me to, I want to pray a prayer with you. Wherever you are sitting and you've listened to this message now and you're saying... I don't know this Jesus. I don't know Him well. Or or I once knew Him, but I, I don't know Him like I used to. Friend, please allow me to pray for you today. I want to give you an opportunity to come back into right standing with the most loving God. And if you'll allow me to do that, Jesus will meet you right where you are. You see, the Bible tells us in Romans that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. And that's what we want to pray. So if you've never made a decision before in your life to invite Jesus as your personal Savior, let's do it today. Come on, friend. It's the right thing to do. And if you once served the Lord and and perhaps that relationship has grown cold, come back today. What a great day to come back into your relationship with the Lord. And I'll pray with you and include you in that. Or perhaps you're sitting there and you're saying, you know, Pastor, I don't know if I were to breathe my last. I don't know if I'd make it to heaven. Come on, friend. Don't leave wherever you're at for that question unanswered. Let's pray today. Know for sure that you're in right standing with Jesus. Can I pray with you? Or pray this prayer with me. Let's do this together. Say this, Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I ask you please, Lord, forgive me for every sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and He was raised from the dead. I choose today forgive everyone who has hurt me or offended me and i thank you that i am now part of your family in jesus name amen amen praise the lord we are super excited about that decision that's the greatest miracle is to know that your name is written in the lamb's book of life you're in right standing with god friend that is awesome now won't you be a blessing to us Won't you be able to just, you'll see a number coming up on the screen. Won't you text us this word, I am saved to the number coming up and just let us know, hey, I gave my heart to Jesus today or I rededicated my life uh, to the Lord today. That'll really be awesome if you could do that. And then also, if you can, go onto our website, hit the contact little button and fill out the form there, giving us your details, telling us again, hey, I gave my heart to Jesus. We'd love to reach out to you. We'd love just to pray for you and contact you. So if you would do that, we'd truly appreciate it. Well family, we love you. And thank you for spending this time with us. And we look forward to chatting to you in the week with some great things coming up. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God.